hurrah. Once again, the Greg Proofs Film Club convenes here in Hollywood's most enchanting cinematic confabulation, the Egyptian Theater, the Cinematheque, right here in the pulsing, throbbing center of Hollywood's motion picture district. Thank you for applauding there. I appreciate it. We have nothing but film buffs in tonight for Preston Surge's 1941 comedy classic, Sullivan's Travels. Uh, he, uh, before we started the podcast, uh, that we're here in an actual theater in Hollywood. Let me describe it for you. Uh, the ceiling is uh, uh, screaming jets of gold uh, filigree that pulse across the uh, uh, roof of the situation. The stage has been carpeted to within an inch of its life so that there's a warm corporate feel. There's bags of popcorn the size of uh, J.C. Penney's shopping bags from the 70s. There's uh, an overwhelming sense of uh, comfort and joy uh, in so much as cinematic history is always about to be made. And it is, again, uh, tonight. The, uh, the smell of candy, uh, if there is such a thing, <laughs> was my first band. And thank you. you. Feel free to laugh at any point. I understand this is a respectful crowd and they're honoring each joke with a moment of silence. <laughs> Before the show began tonight, they were showing previews and, of course, uh, a KCRW promo for those of you listening out in Proopcast land. The KCRW is a station run by white people here in Southern California to make other white people feel good about going to Whole Foods and complaining about the parking. And it's an awesome station. It has a lot of good music and whatnot. And uh, they always play a promo, and it's always something like KCRW. Sundays are harsh. Sometimes you're white and you have to get up. And then, yeah, there'll be a thing. Uh, and uh, then, but uh, to interrupt the usual flow tonight was uh, a piercing sci-fi shriek from the likes of which hasn't been heard since the movie Forbidden Planet was first screened here uh, at this very theater in uh, 19... whenever it came out. And... Uh, it was uh, the kind of shriek that only a, a seven-year-old child can emit, except it ran on for ages and ages, eons and eons. Sort of like Nicolas Cage couldn't get to turn it off in that weird coked-up 9-11, whatever that movie was. And uh, uh, it, it left an indelible mark, I think, on this crowd tonight. A lot of people are... Uh, shocked, staggered. Uh, there's a what what uh, Poe called tintinabulation going on in your ears. That means uh, all you can hear is an echo chamber of a certain tone ringing uh, for a good deal of tonight and tomorrow. So I wish you luck with tonight's film because it's a fast-paced verbal slapstick comedy like all of uh, Preston Sturge's work. Um, yeah, his compressed career is so audacious in its execution and so delectable in its inimitability, inimitability, in its inability to be imitated. Uh, the Cone brothers and uh, uh, I, I think Mike Judge, a lot, a lot of directors have had a go, well, Wes Anderson to be sure, uh, um, at Preston Sturge's unpredictability, at the unsupportability of utter plot points that are supposed to be the uh, you know, the mainframe from which this building is hunged. And um, I think that's what makes him so exhilarating. That and the absolute sexiness of uh, all the leads that he manages to cast in his greatest 
Screwball comedy is the Lady Eve and Palm Beach story. And, of course, tonight's picture with Joel McRae and Veronica Lake. Veronica Lake is um, a 40s sirene who had a devastating Jessica Rabbit haircut that went over one eye. And, of course, Jessica Rabbit's haircut is absolutely based on Ronnie Lake. And uh, our Mr. Moniger, who's a macha here at the uh, Cinematheque, was talking about a film noir festival that's coming up. Um, he mentioned Eddie Muller, who is an expert on film noir, and that Eddie Muller, 20 years ago, started here. I look forward in my 70s to being on TCM. <laughs> Thank you. The Greg Proops Film Club will have finally achieved it at that point. I'll be broadcasting from a jar. I'll just be ahead. When I blink my right eye, that means Rita Hayworth. When I blink my left eye, that means Tyrone Power. If I blink both eyes, that means Otto Preminger. Thank you. Now you know you've got a film buff crowd because people actually laughed at these jokes. And for that, you're hip. Um, Veronica Lake, uh, I wouldn't say she was a reluctant film star. When she was a teenager, her parents knew that she had, one, uh, several issues, but also that she was uh, completely beguiling. And they brought her here, and she got in the picture straight away. And this is what she had to say about Hollywood. I wasn't a sex symbol, I was a sex zombie. Yeah. Uh, you'll see, however, that her uh, deft, kittenish uh, comedy ways are um, strenuous. She's uh, as funny as uh, Barbara Stanwyck or Ginger Rogers or Irene Dunn. Um, of all the 40s uh, lasses, I think Rita Hayworth has you know, she can sing and dance as good as she wants. And Anne Sheridan's got all the barumph in the universe. Betty Grable's inexplicable to a modern crowd. Thank you for laughing at that. I adore Betty Grable, and I think she's vivacious. Uh, but you get the idea. Um, I guess it was the, the uh, you know, that uh, on, you know, if you were in a death-defying mission in World War II, she could back it up. And that was what was going on. I don't want this to get creepy in any way, and I fear that it might have trenched over into the uh, Kilroy is here, me too era of World War II. Uh, in any case, Ronnie uh, Veronica Lake is uh, an, a devastating star with uh, undeniable glamour. But what distinguishes her is uh, her rare sense of humor. Um, she was quite pregnant when she made this movie. I'm not um, daring you to look for uh, evidence of it during the picture. I just want to throw that forward. Uh, that like Serena Williams, uh, she won a championship while quite pregnant. And uh, women don't get enough credit for that. At no point in John Wayne's career was he bearing a child, particularly, <laughs> thank you, particularly during the, uh, the Cowboys, which is my favorite. John, uh, John Wayne is shot by Bruce Dern in the movie. And on the day they were shooting, Bruce Dern uh, said uh, they showed up for first call and John Wayne was there and he smelled of bourbon. And because he knew Bruce Dern was going to shoot him and kill him in the movie, Bruce, uh, John Wayne said to Bruce Dern, they're going to hate you for this all over America. <laughs> and Bruce Dern went, yeah. <laughs> they're going to love me in Berkeley. <laughs> Preston Sturges appears in this motion picture, uh, a la Hitchcock. Uh, it's a movie about movies. And the Cohn brothers were aware of that, as they are so aware of uh, so many salient uh, cinematic graphs. And 
Their picture, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou, is the picture that our intrepid hero, Joel McRae, wants to make in this movie, uh, which is uh, fantastically cinematic. So late in the picture, uh, they're on a set of a picture, and that's where you'll see Preston Sturges. He's a combination of uh, a rakish um, Ernie Kovacs and someone quite thin. And uh, his childhood is indescribable, which is what makes Preston Sturges unique amongst golden era directors. Not only his tremendously uh, anarchic uh, approach to comedy and plot and uh, movement, but his mother uh, moved to Paris after the dad passed, and uh, she became fast friends with Isadora Duncan, the freewheeling bohemian dancer, who later died in a Bugatti, her scarf caught um, in, in the spokes. Uh, the, the scarf was made by his mother's uh, uh, company. <laughs> so <laughs> when he was a child, he suffered from respiratory affairs. And he came down with panomnia uh, when they moved to Paris. And uh, nothing would solve it. And Isadora Duncan's mother evidently appeared and spoon-fed him champagne until he was recollected. Now, I don't know if you have any uh, truck with modern medicine or anything like that, but I've never been happier to read of a cure. I don't want to hear that he got addicted to oxy or that uh, penicillin worked its magic. Being spoon-fed champagne by Isadora Duncan's mother to me is enough to make this movie good. And should, in fact, reorient your life uh, to make you think about all the things you're doing and how they could be better. Thank you. Preston Sturgis didn't write until he was 30 years old. And that has to give a lot of us hope. Even though 30 is a, a tidewater that I've seen pass countless times to the point where Otis Redding couldn't sing about it anymore. And that's what I, uh, I find so alluring about um, that and his, uh, the combination, like Lenny Bruce, of vaudeville and intellectual sub-referencing. Uh, the most incredible thing about my career is that I had one. Yeah. Uh, Joel McRae said this. Joel McRae's six foot two of unrelenting, un unprepossessing, uh, humble, Man sword. He's a gigantic movement forward for mankind in so many ways. He was with Goldwyn, and Cooper passed on roles, and he realized early on that those were the only roles he was going to get, and so he switched. Um, what he desperately wanted to do was play cowboys, but the secret of Joel McRae is he's dead funny, and he has the charm of a you know, Cary Grant, whoever you want to say, but he's also got the uh, uh, fantastic gravity of Randolph Scott. And he said this, I have no regret, Gary Cooper, I have no regrets, except perhaps one. I should have tried harder to be a better actor. But then this one's better, and I think it's more to the point about Joel McRae. People say I'm a one-note actor, but the way I figure it, those other guys are just looking for that one right note. No truer words have been spoken. Uh, I give you now, from 1941, Preston Sturges' inimitable uh, Sullivan's Travels.
Sullivan's Travels. Um, the scene in the church when he's in the chain gang is uh, an indelible scene, right? I can't think of another 40s picture where uh, a director would do that. And uh, the profundity of it. Um, when um, he says, uh, make room for them and don't in any way, like, impugn their humanity. And then he realizes that comedy, yeah. Well, gee whiz, I'm a comedian and I learned a lesson. And uh, I think we all did. We'll be back May 16th with In the Heat of the Night. Uh, thank you so much. Cheers, you guys.